You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a sun-kissed Friday. You know it's a big deal. Merely, Bo, the great Z, you know it's a big deal when Gebe starts the show in studio. It's a, it's a super it's a show huge, is what you would call it. A, a super show. The final. We're ready. Football Friday. That's sad. Yeah. That's sad. But then yeah, we're on next got, year. I kind of got used year. to it with the not having a game last week. Sure. You know. But then there's no then games. Just, it was kind of I, – I missed it last weekend. I had a yeah. great weekend, but – I would have loved some some high pressure football, but we didn't get any of that. But what we are getting is wonderful weather. Yeah, we're all in, we're in crazy. shorts. Yeah, it's it's we did it. I checked every month off. Now yep. it's been done. Shorts, golf yesterday. I know Gibb golf got this morning. Gibb got Darn some right. in this morning. It's got a little vitamin. By the D. way, great hat you're wearing there. Had a, had a, this this dude just took care of me. Was it an exclusive place? Took yeah. care of me. So I, I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah. Oh baby. Oh baby. Oh baby. Oh, That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, that's I. I do. I'm trying to bank all of this because my it's going away. Yeah, I know it. But like, once I get through the holidays, I I want to be like a Clydesdale with blinders and like just not look up until having hope in mid March because usually what we're talking about is 20s and 30s as the highs, all gray, and we've had great weather for like a week. And I know that bad's coming next week, but I also want to be appreciative of the fact that we had. Ten days of ridiculously good weather in February. I just golfed in Cleveland in February. In I, don't, February. I don't know that I've ever done that. No, we've, I've where never, I was at today, they were turning people away. I believe they're it. like the sheet is full. Good. Like you cannot walk up. You cannot like we it's are like Beth Page Black. Got to sleep in the parking lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, and yes, awesome. I played Boulder. It was a great shape. It was it wasn't wet? I mean, it was the ball was rolling a little bit. The greens were phenomenal. It, it has awesome. It hasn't rained in two weeks. Like substantial. So while the ground is still damp because it's cool, like we haven't had, just haven't had it. So it's it's been very very good, very very good. Yeah, glorious. I had um, to do a little chili uh, judging yesterday. And and how did that go? It was great. It was great. Eleven chilies, and you got like a pretty decent portion of each, and then ten desserts that you got. Like one was a pie carrot cake. You got a slice of carrot cake. It was a delicious carrot cake. You, it was unreal. So, so I you was went chili to dessert chili at, the, to at dessert. each station. No, you sat there. This was the most professionally done right. thing. So I sat down at, at my judges' table. Yeah, there were I think maybe eight or nine other judges. Yep, and you had a sheet. It had eleven chilies, and you graded them from on aroma, okay, consistency. Now, what would that be? How could you how could you have an inconsistent chili? 
the consistency of the chili. Like oh, but if is it was there like a too watery, or if it was? But wouldn't too that be thick. in the eye of the beholder? Possibly, it's an entirely but, subjective. Some people like that well, stuff. Taste like Skyline would be. Some somebody like that. Somebody did a Skyline version, not for not me. for you. Yeah, that would have been. I knew it tasted that. like cinnamon. Well, they put cinnamon in there. So. Correct. I don't. I it's don't, like sweet. Yeah, I don't like, get it. No, it's not for me either. Not for me. Uh, right, then so taste. See taste, and then I feel like taste ought to be weighted like three times the others. I think so too. And then uh, originality or creativity. Yeah. Don't let's not get crazy. Like make a good chili. So scored from one to ten, mm-hmm. a possible forty points. Okay. I took this very seriously. Sure you did. I thought I was like You're Tom Colicchio on mm-hmm. Top Chef. I should have worn my Top Chef shirt. That's how dialed in I was. And I was, I handed out what I thought were fair grades. It turns out that I will handed out the lowest grades in the history of the chili cook-off. And <laughs> some of them were good, but to me, like, to me, like a, a, a solid, and this is what, the way I went into it, so you guys tell me if I was wrong, but like a solid, good chili would be like a 28 or a 24, sixes and sevens. It's like a good, that's a good solid chili. Like to get into the eights, nines, tens, I felt like it had to be exceptional. I probably would have done it like a grading scale. So a a seven would have been an average chili. That's what I said, yeah. Okay, so then B would have been a very good chili, nine would have been an exceptional chili, and 10 is a perfect chili. So I probably would have done it that way. That's basically what I um, did. Yeah, sixty. So you're right there in that in that realm. Was that that was unacceptable to people, or they they were surprised at how low you were grading? Like the best chili I gave out was I think like a thirty four. So it had a couple of nines and a couple of eights. Yeah, and that's I was, a B plus A minus chili. And I thought it was a great. I thought it was so great. So you were judging by the standard of there's a perfect chili out there. Yes, and that's the bar. And that would be forty. And that would be forty. You were not saying the best chili here is a forty. Well, you ended up figure, correct. That's the difference. That's the one, no. But I was looked at. But you can't. To me, you can't start that way because if you start that way, then where do you go if something beats something you did earlier? You can't. You almost need to. You would. All, you're exactly right. You would almost need to try them all first, like one quick spoonful to see what the ceiling is, and set the bar, and then re go through it. Well, they were brought out, and so I had my scores ranged from sixteen. To 34. 16. Yeah. That would be fours across the board. Yeah. And I looked at that. That's really, that's that's like almost intervention. Well, it was like, it's almost like, why are you? I'm like, I don't want any more of this. That's enough. That was, yeah. Was it the Skyline one? I'm not going to say. Sad. No, it was not. But I, I, and then I look around after I'd gone through about like four chilies and like I was, you know, I think at, at through four or five, maybe my, and I think my, my favorite might've been in there. So maybe I had like a 32 and a 34 and then I yeah. had like a couple really lows and I look over and like everybody else, it's all eights, nines and tens on every on single ev- chili. Oh, come on. And I'm like, what are we doing here? I said, I felt like my dad with the red pen. I'm like, Just, no. No. Nine and 10. Gordon Ramsay. I need a next level dish. Nine and 10. Or a 10. Like the one. I tried to judge it on too, like if I went somewhere, yeah, and I paid for this chili, like that they said we've got, you know, you walked out and it's a sign like in Elf, like world's greatest chili, yeah, and I walked in and I paid for this chili, like how happy would I be? That was the standard I was using. Like this is a professional. I was I was holding it to a professional standard. Right. I realize it's amateur chili, but it was like here's the thing. very good. And my favorite, by the way, didn't place in the top three. Really, my 
two, three, and four were one, two, three. Yeah. But my one did not place. Well, did not. Um, here's the thing. It really doesn't matter what standard you hold it to as long as you hold them all to the same standard. Correct. So it doesn't. And it's going to end up the same, like, of course, normalize across everybody's. Yeah. 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 My favorite was actually a guy, and I didn't even know it, but he was wearing a Browns. He had a Browns apron on and a Browns chef's hat. And his was, and they give, you can tell it was at an advertising agency at the great Adcom with Miss K that they, you know, would give like a spiel on their chili. And his yeah. was all about heat. And it's got like the, the skin of a Carolina Reaper and the heart of a hot Manero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so good. Yeah. But I think it's heat was heat too much heat. for others to appreciate. Like when it didn't. Come in for a second. I like my brain fell out. It was by far the best chili. And what I thought was so good about it was the flavor. You got all the flavor, and then the heat like crept on you, but didn't impact the flavor. Like it wasn't. You didn't take it. And you're just like, Ugh. yeah. You got the great flavor, and then you got the joy of the great heat. Kind of. So it was almost like two experiences sure. in one. I thought that I was could cool. see. I if before you even started this, I would have said that you would have gone with, with the spiciest version one that was there because you, you like. Well, it was great stuff. too. There was a well, great brisket yeah. one. There I was, love a brisket one. It was that's done right. Yeah, yeah. smoked brisket. A delightful. venison or a brisket. Or no a venison. Lamb. I would have looked in that. I would a little have, bison yeah. with any bison. We have a. I think we did have a bison. Like yeah. that's a next yeah. level dish. Yeah, that's a next. Yeah. That's a. Okay. That's You're that could make a run. Yeah, it was good. And then the desserts were outrageous. Like the desserts, I, 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 and I'm not a dessert guy. It turns out I am. <laughs> you just know better. <laughs> For like a long time, I said I'm not a dessert guy. Yeah, I try. I am a dessert. Like Nobody brought no banana cream pie or banana pudding. That would have been an immediate, as long as ten. they executed that, would have been an immediate 10. Um, but there were some incredible things. The, there was a – it came in, a, in like a muffin wrapper. Yeah. And it was a cheesecake with like a couple thinly sliced, very artfully sliced fresh strawberries on top. Yep. And that sat on a cheesecake that sat in when you took the muffin wrapper off. They made somehow like a chocolate chip crust that sat in. So it was like a bowl that was a chocolate chip Jeez, cookie bowl with a cheesecake inside with the strawberries on top. I don't even like cheesecake, and that is true. That's not like me saying I'm not a dessert guy. I yeah. don't like cheesecake. It was one of the best desserts I've ever had, like period, like full stop. I went straight tens. It came in third. Shocking. My brain fell out of my head. Like I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Everybody around me gave it, thought it was the best too, but I guess the other end of the table. Somebody didn't like cheesecake. And then there was a bonbon, I'd call her a truffle, okay. that was dipped in either a, a white or kind of a strawberry chocolate, a pink chocolate. And inside, when you bit into it, it was as if they ground a million Oreos, compacted them all oh, together, baby. but it was like, it was still moist. Sure. And that sat inside. So when you bit in, it was like biting into a thousand perfect Oreos. Like the essence of an Oreo with this, like it was yeah. that one. It was awesome. That sounds quite good. It was quite good. So that's good. So you did that. You did the golf. It was great. It's a perfect use of a day. I'll tell you what. I thought I was going to like fall asleep on the way to the golf course because yeah, I had just like housed a ton of chili and then a ton dessert, of dessert chili. Yeah. Like dessert. the carrot cake was unbelievable. But it was like you got a piece of carrot cake. I mean, at some point I was just like, I, I can't. I can't. It's enough. No moss. Can't do it. What a victory. But it was great. It was a great time. What a victory. Lots of wins last night. You oh, went my in goodness. the afternoon. We win in the evening. It was a Browns, um, the Browns Award show. It really was. Hot Topics Day presented by Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner of your Cleveland Browns. Uh, we won everything, as it turns out. Yeah. Everything we were up for, we won. 
We did. We, we did, did guess not feel yesterday. Like that, no, I thought they'd spread it around a yeah. little bit. We thought Miles and Kevin would obviously be winners. I, that seemed like no brainers to us that that's how that would go. Um, I thought that perhaps Munkin would win Assistant Coach of the Year or Ben Johnson, either one. Um, just for the standpoint, of, not that Jim wasn't very worthy. We knew that he was very, sure. but like, are we really going to win everything? And then the other one was was Joe, and it was one of those things like, how do you define what a comeback is? Like, he was pretty good last year for the Jets. It's just he wasn't on a team. So, like, I didn't understand. How are you going to define what a comeback is? Meantime, you have a guy who literally died, heart stopped on the field, and he played. How do you define what a comeback is? And it seems like they struggled with that as well, some of the voters. Because Hamlin, yeah. uh, Hamlin had eight more votes for comeback player of the year first place than Flacco, but didn't win it. And, again, like, you could make the case. It just depends. Comeback is just – it's kind of nebulous in definition. It's very nebulous. Yeah. I think it speaks to the magic of Flacco fever. That's like that question. was a phenomenon off the couch. The fact that he had been a Raven, his career was over. He came back from his career being over off the couch to to lead the Browns to the playoffs. It's unbelievable. I mean, Demar Hamlin. Yes, I think if Demar Hamlin came back this year and was a a starter, but he, even if even just being on an NFL field. Totally. It's crazy. Yeah. It's unfortunate it's they, crazy. That they that thought they, they were living in a movie and they were going to use him on a yeah. fake punch. Uh, he almost either – they almost should have just given him the award without a vote or not had him eligible because of how absurd the story was. Yes. It's like the, we're, we're voting for different things here. So Flacco, Hamlin, and then Baker came in third? I don't know. Did he? I would think so. Okay. He won like the Fox one. The, yeah. But the not fan the, vote, the, I think, is yeah. what he won. Um, the How other about thing for Miles, though? I, I'm so happy for that's him. That's the one that I think matters the most. Yes. Uh, for sure. Is that one? He's coveted it for, for his a legacy. very long time. Yes. Uh, it's one of those things that when you when it comes time to go into Cooper, or Cooperstown, when it comes time to go into Canton, um, you're going to look at, like we always do, at a football reference page, and we go, okay, where's he stack? Dink, check, check. Oh, oh, ah, oh. That's, when it, that's why that one matters so much. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly right. That is right. That's one of the things that needs to be checked off. And I think it goes back to something we talked about earlier when you're seeing now a difference in how people observe and consume the game in terms of their intelligence about the impact beyond just sacks. Because I think five years ago, four years ago, maybe even three years ago. Oh, agreed. If he has one sack in the last seven games, like that would be it. But he still dominated those games, and I think that when you ask, you know, who was the toughest player to game plan for in the entire National Football League, the answer would be consistently Miles Garrett. That then you realize, okay, he impacted the game much more than than just the fourteen sacks that he had. There is no question. There was actually a. Uh, I felt very good that he was going to win it. There was a lot of dialogue as the season was going along from like a PFF perspective, and then when the players voted for theirs, and he was on, he was their defensive end, yes. edge rusher. Um, once those things happen, then it was like, okay, like people are starting to open their mind to something other than just the sack number. Yeah. So that was, but that, that's the one that has the greatest impact, um, on the individual, on the greatest impact on the legacy, all of it. Totally. Like massive. uh, Flacco's one is, it's, it, it's like the perfect strawberry on top of the cheesecake in the standpoint of. See what you did there. You like that? Um, in that it's a it's a wonderful little treat on top of our season and to put that season in a great perspective. And now you're going to be able to look back and go, God, that was unbelievable, that run, that run down the stretch. Because here's the reality. If he would have done that from weeks 10 to 16 and Watson comes back, he doesn't win it. 
Correct. It had to be at the end of the year. It had to be the last games of the year getting the Browns into the postseason that allowed for it. Correct. And so that's why, to me, that one, there's a magical thing to that in, in terms of kind of a reward for a, a very, very special season around here. Um, but a very good night. Go ahead, sir. One note real quickly. Stefanski being winning Coach of the Year twice in a four-year span. He is the first person to do so since Riverboat Ron in 2015. He won it in 13 and 15. Actually, Bruce Arians won it in 12 and 14. So those two went back and forth for a four-year period. But to win it twice in four years is pretty incredible. It's a pretty incredible accomplishment. Belichick never did that. Do you know that Belichick only won Coach of the Year in 2003 and 2007? And 2010, so three times. So he Belichick like, did it twice in four years then, too. Yeah, it's kind Seven of the – it's, it's, the NFL at least does it right. Like in college, like the Ohio State coach never wins Coach of the Year, ever. Yeah. Like as if they're not responsible for the roster. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's just because like, right. the roster's so good, they're like, well, you have such an advantage, you should, you should do it anyway. All right, so we, we're loaded up. we got Omar Ruiz coming up next. He is going to be up in the next minute and a half. Here. All right, Omar Ruiz. Is he embedded? Yes. He is embedded. He will join us coming up next. we got to go around the league, a new Hall of Fame class. Yeah. We can uh, go back over to the unders. We've, we've got a billion things to get to. Just just stay here. We'll take care of you. Cleveland Rounds Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, the preferred provider of copy meters and document services for the Cleveland Browns. They'll tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Time to head out on the Twisted Tea Hotline. Conversation with a great friend of the program, the great Omar Ruiz, NFL Network, joining us. Uh, when did you get to Vegas, buddy? Oh, man. I've lost track at this point, but I think <laughs> technically it was Sunday afternoon. Oh my God! That's my, a long stretch. I think in I've Vegas. talked to you about this before. I have a very strict two nights and out rule in Las yes. Vegas. I can't go longer than that. It all goes sideways. The NFL has avoided Vegas for the longest time of its existence, and now the biggest event the NFL puts on, one of the biggest events of the world, is being held there. How's it going? Uh, it's fun. I mean, you know, we're staying right there in the middle of the Strip. They have the Radio Row right there at Mandalay Bay, and and the teams are out. Where I'm at right now, over in Lake Las Vegas, um, which is an oasis about a half an hour away from the city, away from the Strip. And, you know, all things considered, um, I mean, you guys know how, how much of a good time Vegas can be when you put that together with, with the vibe and the atmosphere 
that Super Bowl week typically provides. It's been a lot of fun. It's been tiring. You know, obviously these weeks are a lot of work, but still having everything in close proximity that the Strip can provide uh, has been a good time. And um, the, the crazy traffic and I think all the negative aspects that you might associate with the Strip on a big fight weekend or, you know, one of those type of things hasn't shown itself yet. Logistically, it's been laid out pretty well, but obviously today's barely uh, Friday and, and the crush of the weekend has, has yet to begin. What's the vibe with the Niners? How are they feeling? This is obviously, Kyle, you want to get you know that Super Bowl win. You're facing the team that, that beat you in this game a few years ago. What's the vibe around that team right now? Yeah, I would say that they're confident. You know, I, I, I think you know, they're not intimidated by Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, the, the mythical uh, you know, greatest quarterback of all time that, that, that a lot of people are beginning the discussion with Patrick Mahomes. I don't, I don't think they have that sense. You know, they appreciate how good he is. They've gone against him as recently as last year. Obviously, several of the key players went against him in the Super Bowl, and, and they have that, that recent knowledge. But, you know, there's a healthy respect there. And, and I would say about Kyle Shanahan, uh, he's always wound up. He's always tight. You guys remember when he was there uh, yeah, as an offensive coordinator. He's just kind of a high-strung guy. I don't get any sense that he's any different this week or, you know, any sense of pressure in that way. Um, so, you know, I would say they're probably as dialed in as you would want them to be. And I, and I think they know that how important it is to play a full 60 minutes. I, I think, you know, they, yep. they kind of mess around the way they did against the Packers and against the Lions. They'll get blown out uh, by this Chiefs team. So, you know, having that full attention from the get-go, I think is critically important for this 49er team. Were you in there with Kyle during his media availability? Because I thought he put on a show. It looked like he had, I don't know, perhaps enjoyed himself a little bit prior to, and I thought he was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, you mean on Monday at the opening night? When, yes. Uh, all those, yeah, on the internet rumors uh, started. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. He seemed fine. The, the one thing I will say is the question I asked him, and it was, it was later in the session. You know, he was probably on his podium for about an hour, and I got him close to the end of that. And I asked him, Know, what it would mean to him to join his father as the only father-son head coach winning duos in NFL history. And, you know, he said, you know, he gave the typical response at first. I'm not thinking about that. I'm not, you know, evaluating any legacy or, you know, good or bad um, in that regard. But once he started talking about his dad, about, you know, this hero, and he just looked up to him and his work ethic, and he got a little emotional. And that was a break from the Kyle Shanahan that we normally see. You know, he's just usually, like I said, just so focused and so dialed in, um, you know, almost robotic-like with you know, kind of the way he goes about things and the precision and the accuracy that, that, that his offense needs, you know, kind of reflective of that. But he kind of, you know, almost, you know, showed a little bit of um, uh, emotion. Now, I wouldn't want to say tears. You know, he didn't get that emotional. But, you know, it was a break. Um, from what we normally see from him. And I think we will see a lot of emotion uh, should the 49ers win on Sunday and we get to embrace his dad there on the field. That would be quite something. Omar, you've been with these guys for a while now with this Niners team, and it's it's been a couple of weeks since they've played. But uh, both the Packers, uh, certainly with with uh, with with Bryce, who went up and or Jordan, who went up and down the the field on them, and then you had the the Lions as well have their way kind of with them for a couple of quarters. Um, what what adjustments can they make defensively, especially understanding that this is a much stiffer test? And is there concern on that side of the ball for getting off to a good start? Yeah, I would say effort. It's pretty uh, simple as that. I think when you talk to the Niners, what changed defensively against the Lions in the second half, and it was basically they just started playing harder. They started playing more physical, and 
And Fred Warner told me after that game, he doesn't know why, you know, in the NFC Championship yeah. game, it took him a half to start playing that way. But I think that was why Steve Wilkes in his press conference last week called, you know, a couple of the efforts, a couple of the plays, the effort on them, unacceptable and embarrassing. And obviously Steve Wilkes, the former head coach, he knows, you know, his words have weight and those words not without meaning. And so I think they started to dial that in last week, that it's going to come down to effort, and especially when, you know, they've talked about Mahomes being a quarterback that every snap you have to prepare for two plays, the play that's called and then the play that he starts to create when the pocket breaks down. So that all comes down to effort, energy. They're not going to fool Patrick Mahomes. He's seen it all at this point. He's too talented. But, they're, you know, they're going to have to be physical. They're going to have to play with that effort, as, as simple as that sounds, to, and to do so from the get-go. Because like we talked about, you know, they can't afford to get behind this Chiefs team. No, that and and yet they have shown the medal, and I think that was one of the questions about Brock Purdy, right? Could he lead that comeback? Could Kyle have that kind of a comeback? And they do it against the Packers. They do it and come back against the Detroit Lions. What's the confidence in Brock Purdy? Because this is his first time in this spotlight, and and I saw something on the internet the other day where it was him in his jersey posing, and he looks like a little kid who's in his big brother's <laughs> uniform who's going to go play in the Super Bowl, and he's been nothing short of spectacular, really. I think we lost him. Did I hear that right? It sounded like there was a uh, like a disconnect that happened on his Sad. phone. Yeah, it was. All right. Yeah. Brock Purdy, I think it's that's the incredible thing about this. I think the Niners are a better team, and we went through Prisco's rankings. Niners have the better skill talent. The Niners are the better team, mm-hmm. but it's just going to come down to can Brock Purdy handle this moment and I thought one of the cool things was that Kyle was talking about in his, his hour there. Omar, we got you back, back with Omar Ruiz here. I was just asking about Brock Purdy and, and just kind of the belief in him since he's led these comebacks and, and just what this moment is for him as a guy who, you know, he doesn't look like your, your typical starting quarterback in the NFL, and yet he's gone out there and, and, and played phenomenally well, especially when they needed in this championship run. Yeah, it's been interesting following his past the past 14 months. I was there against the Dolphins when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt and Purdy comes in and, and plays sensationally and, you know, beat a very good Dolphins team at the time. And, and obviously his career has taken off since. And, and his teammates since then have expressed belief and confidence and everything that he could do. And, and a lot of it, I think, last year was psychological, you know, trying to, trying to will confidence in him. Um, not, not that he doesn't have natural confidence in his ability, but I asked him the other day, when did you get a sense that this team truly believes in you by what you've done on the field. Because all that expressed confidence early in his career was based off what he did in the practice field. But I said, when did you truly know that they believed in you? And he said earlier this season when they had that three-game losing streak and all the questions started about Brock Purdy, can he actually carry the team? Is he the game manager? And all this discussion. But all the players came up to him. They said, we got your back. And, and he said at that point, you know, he knew that they truly believed. So, you know, he's, you know, he's such a rare guy in that, you know, he, he openly, you know, talks about not, you know, doing this for fame or fortune. He, he wants to win this for his teammates and the organization and kind of puts his self-interest aside. And I think, you know, that, that's led to a lot of his success. And I think um, I truly believe he doesn't care whether people call him a game manager or whatever. I, I think he wants to be called a Super Bowl champion after Sunday, and, and that'll be yeah. the, biggest, uh, the biggest feather in his cap. Well, Omar, I get you out here on this one, my good friend. Um, how do you see this one going on Sunday? Man, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be close. I think it'll be the best version of the Niners that we've seen in this postseason yet. 
I don't think they'll they'll play inconsistently three games in a row as good as they've been all year long. Um, but you can never count out Patrick Mahomes. You can I I don't ever pick against Patrick Mahomes, and um, you know he's the ultimate difference maker. Um, so you know I would expect to see both teams at their best. The, the question is. You know, the 49ers, we've seen them at their best a few times this season. They blew out the Cowboys. They blew out the Eagles. You know, other big-time wins. Um, but Mahomes at his best, you know, kind of is transcendent. And, and so is the 49ers version uh, that's their best better than when Mahomes is at his A game. I, I guess we'll find out on Sunday. But I, I would expect it to be close and tight and, um, and you know, a, a great game for Super Bowl 58. Feels like that's a lock, my friend. Always great talking to you, buddy. Survive the next 48 hours or so um, and, and enjoy yourself as best you can. Survive in advance. That's what we say that's in it. Vegas. It's applying for nine days this trip. <laughs> Have you Jeez. ever done that? No, no one's ever does nine days in Vegas. No, nobody, yeah, no. No, we're setting records this trip, man. I think everybody yes. is. This is wild <laughs> stuff, man. It's a real feat of human endurance. <laughs> it really is. The great Omar Ruiz, NFL Network, joining us on the Twisted Tea Hotline. What's the longest you've ever spent there? Four days. Three nights? Four, probably four nights. Too much. I have, I'm, with, I'm 72 hours max. You've got to get out. Got to get out. Yeah, yeah. I think, And you need to leave yourself a day when you return that is also a day of nothing. I couldn't agree with you more. I am not fly-out Sunday guy and then try to start a work week. Like, you got to fly out No, Saturday. the red-eye Sunday no, into Monday. No, too much. Saturday night, get back Sunday, and then, go have a breakfast at a greasy spoon that's open all night or at 6 a.m., yeah. and then go right to bed, and I'll see I've you I've only had to o'clock. do it once, and I'm pretty sure it was New Year's two years ago. I remember this. For Broski's wedding, Matt Cardona and Chelsea in Vegas, and then red-eyed back Sunday night into Monday morning, shot like Brown's countdown, and then we played the Steelers, I think, on a a Monday. It was Big Ben's last game. Those games did not go well for us. No. 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 I believe they sacked us nine times. They did. Yeah, they did. They're not pleased about what happened last night. We'll we'll get into a little bit about that. Cry baby. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, lots of news around the league. We have a new Hall of Fame class. We'll weigh in on that. It's Ooh. coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. To our team, to our defense, and to me personally, yeah. um, I wouldn't be standing here without Miles Garrett. Um, I've coached two really, really special players over my 32 NFL uh, years. One, Miles Garrett. Two, um, Calvin Johnson. Not a bad player. And one's on offense, one's on defense. Um, Everybody starts their game plan with how do we prevent Miles Garrett from making any plays, and he still makes plays. And not just a good good player, but an even better person. Just a pleasure to coach. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, there you go. Jim Schwartz talking about his defensive end, Miles Garrett winning Defensive Player of the Year last night at the NFL Honors. Did you guys watch any ever? Did you, were you like double do the second screen thing? What'd you do? I, I was monitoring it on the social. I was monitoring it, yes. And then that's one of the great things about the, this cesspool of an app is that it still has great utility where you are not necessarily able to be. I was out, so I wasn't home. It's the only and reason I was able you keep to the app is because it's still so functional. Get the information. I got to see every speech. I got to yeah. see, like it was easy. 
Yeah, I have, I am I'm to the point in my life where I have a hard time watching anything where I can just read a list and I know what happened. That's right. So that's the <laughs> that's the thing that makes this. I do think it's great for the NFL to do it. Um, yes. I think the players adore it and love Clearly. it, and it's very cool for them. And um, they have found the right place to do it. Yeah, not Super- Saturday night before the Super Bowl yeah. where it could get lost. Yeah, no, Thursday good. night. Great. It, the it, Hall of Fame class. Well, that I didn't. We can get into that too here now. Um, I didn't. When did they start doing that on a Thursday? Well, Hoff they, did it they, last year. Was it he? He was on a Thursday too. Yeah, yeah. That it's used to be year. that thing where they'd have Big Dave Baker. He'd come and knock at your door and yeah, let you yeah, know. Yeah. And then that he's no longer with the the Hall of Fame. Correct. And so they now they have like very special people in their lives do it. Um, but you kind of know it's coming, right? See, in the old days, you didn't. Like they would just be. They, it would be Super Bowl week, and it would literally be because they'd all in be a in a hotel room. room. Yeah, and then you'd get you'd get the knock, or you didn't. Yeah. Um, but now it's kind of preordained, I think. It's been done. Like, like Hoffs was at his house. Yeah, so he but knew. But he didn't know. He didn't know. His wife Annie knew. knew. Oh, that's right. Annie knew. Yeah, Annie set yeah. it all up. That's yeah, what that's right. you and I were so talking had, about yesterday. Yeah, right. Like the voting's done like a few weeks ago. He was now, getting he annoyed. He was getting annoyed because she told him they were going over to their friend's house for dinner or whatever, but that he needed to dress up. And he's like, what do you mean? We're just going to our friend's house. Like, I want to wear my flip flops. She's like, you need to put on some nice clothes. Just do it. Because <laughs> she wanted him to look like, yeah, respectable. Yeah, that's right. That's right. that's so good by the way it feels like he's like getting lost all over germany now i don't know what he's got going on it's it's a hell of a thing it's unreal really should be a reality show somebody should have just followed him yes the adventures of the hoff in germany a documentarian Um, yeah so they used to vote for this on the saturday before the super bowl all of the writers would do it they do it the saturday before and then it would come out, and now they do it virtually, as we as we were talking about yesterday. Uh, let's talk about the class. Um, Dwight Freeney goes in. It's funny. This is this isn't even a Uno mistake. This is an NFL.com mistake. Um, I was on NFL.com this morning, and this is exactly how it reads. Now you tell me what's wrong here. I just Dwight Freeney, defensive end, Carolina Panthers, o two to 9 Chicago Bears. Uh, ten to thirteen, Packers fourteen to sixteen, and Panthers seventeen and eighteen. That's Julius Peppers. Correct. Yeah, White Freeney played for the Colts. That's correct. You had that right. You had that right. <laughs> With this Robert was, Mathis. This was on the NFL.com page, just like this. And that's exactly where I took it. From, I know. I can tell because I read it this morning. Correct. Yes. So you'd think the NFL.com would be correct. In fact, it is not. Um, so I multiple hours noise. after you did it, it oh, yeah. still hasn't been corrected. It still hasn't been corrected. Vegas is treating everybody real well there. Yeah. I mean, that's nuts. Like to have to not have his correct teams. But Freeney in, uh, modern era guys. So Freeney's in, Andre Johnson's in, it's Julius good class. Pepper's in, Patrick Willis yes. in, all of those. Um, and Hester. And, then, and Hester. That's yep. huge. Yep. The two veterans are Gratisher and McMichael. Um, let's do the guys who got in in the in the more traditional way, and then we'll get to the veterans thing because I, I have some issues with, with something there. But in, in terms of these guys that got in, surprises i think a lot of things the two things to me were the that made me the most happy were hester and willis yes uh because willis should have gone in on a first ballot to me he's the linebacker equivalent of terrell davis yep and and then i think hester it you always your line's the best one if you're putting together the best team to go play in the space jam of football he's the return guy yes period like full stop so he needs to be in the hall of fame he should have been a first ballot hall of famer correct um I am a little surprised no Antonio Gates. Andre Johnson, I think, certainly deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He was the most dominant receiver for a while, or, or certainly so in the discussion. That's, he was the guy that I think, I think is worth a conversation. Yes, he feels like a Hall of Famer. 
I think it's a couple of times he was an All-Pro. I think maybe twice. Okay. Um, he led the NFL in receiving maybe once or twice. It's only a couple of, of, of Pro Bowls. I want to say less than four on the Pro Bowls. Um, but it's hard because the receiver position is so difficult. Um, we have a bunch of guys who have just crushed statistically in the last 25 years. The receiver position has never been more important. So it's like, how do you determine what is a Hall of Famer and what is not at that position? It's difficult. Right. He certainly feels every bit the Hall of Famer. For example, John Stallworth feels like to me, oh. for crying out loud. Okay, so seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, two-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team oh, All-Pro, led the NFL in receptions twice, receiving yards twice, receiving yards per game three times, um, had three seasons of more than 1,560 yards in his career, four seasons of more than 1,400 yards. One anomaly, though, and this I knew would have been a good Griff fact of the day, but if we weren't focused on the Super Bowl, never had a season with 10 receiving touchdowns. Not one, zero. Jeez. Whereas Marvin Harrison had that every single year. Well, that's Peyton Manning versus Matt Schaub. Also true. That is that is quite true. He, I, I definitely think... Yeah, that's a Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer. You just read off. Well, and when you compare him to, because the first names that come up in terms of a, quote, snub at the wide receiver spot, Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne, one Super Bowl, one first-team All-Pro, two-times second-team All-Pro. Torrey Holt. How many Pro Bowls on Wayne? Six. So it's close. Torrey Holt had seven Pro Bowls. Uh, one, one, one first-team All-Pro, one second-team All-Pro. The thing about Holt, I think all of his greatest show-on-turf teammates are in except for him. Holt like should be Kurt in. Kurt Falk and Isaac Bruce are all in, but not Torrey Well, Holt. those guys are in, yeah. Holt and Wayne should be in. Next week at some point, like we can save for later in the week when I remember to bring my iPad with me. Like a, He'll be in an assignment next week. Well, not all Later. Week. Just two days. Just two days. Yeah. Like maybe next – I put together a team – that's going to get into some of these people we're talking about now, but I put together a team to beat Peter King's team using <laughs> using. I couldn't use anybody he had. Oh, remember we talked about that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. I we got a lot. I think of it's pretty good. Peter King article. Yeah, that okay, worked out absurd. very well. Um, Should ask Omar if people in Las Vegas are talking about how bad that team was. Just taking away his pass. The only thing that he did really well was it was hard to come up with the defensive tackles, but I'm pretty pleased with what I've. You're come all right. Up with. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, I look forward to that. Every, I don't have a problem. I think all of this is correct. I want to talk about Randy Gratishar for a second. So this is a Warren, Ohio native. He played at Ohio State. He was a first-round pick of the Denver Broncos. There is really no good reason that he hadn't been a Hall of Famer long, long ago. Okay. He is a seven-time Pro Bowler. He is okay. a two-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro. He's the NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 1978. And he just now is getting in on a veterans? Yeah. Feels like, like it's garbage. Should. And what I think happened during that era, that 70s, the guys who plays in the 70s and early 80s, Ken Anderson's another good reason for this. Ken Anderson led the NFL in passing four different times. He's the only guy to lead the NFL in passing four times and not be in the Hall of Fame. But if it's like if you did not play for the Steelers yep. or the Cowboys or the Raiders, they didn't let you in yep. at that era. And it, the idea that a guy like Gratisher had to wait this long – to be in the Hall of Fame is nonsense. That's and, wild. And, like, there's – of that Steelers steel curtain defense, I realize they won four Super Bowls, all of it. But, like, is everybody on that team was a Hall of Famer? Pretty there's close. One no, draft, that's ridiculous. There's one draft class where four guys they drafted end up gold jackets. They that's put, it, This can't be. They had a veteran one that went in 
they've, they've two had tons or three of the year Edron James went in. Yeah, and it was like a guy who seemed like he was like an average defensive back. Yeah, and then he goes in, and it's like, well, wait, you missed. I yeah. think that there was just they were way too focused on the team that the inductors were way too focused on the teams that won the Super Bowl at that time without also acknowledging the rest of the greatness. And my theory on that is is that it was very difficult to watch the whole league. Yeah. So could. the only games you watched were playoff games and Super Bowls, and they were in them. Yep. It's probably fair. I mean, this was a 10-year career with seven Pro Bowls, and he was either first or second team All-Pro five of his 10 years. Yeah, that's that's good. And defensive MVP. And yeah, a player of the year. So and he was third in defensive player of the year voting the year before he won it, and he was eighth the year after he won it. So, I mean, three straight years where you were a top eight defensive player in the National Football League. Right. And he only played for nine years. Yeah. 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 No, that's the – It's a pretty good that's run. The, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just a shame that it took – uh, that long on him, but he's a uh, yeah Warren Ohio kid. Yeah, we Antonio got Gates. I, I didn't know this. Greg Rosenthal tweeted this out, and I had to find it just so, so I did it justice. All time career tight end leader in touchdowns. He's got forty two more than Kelsey. Now he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, first team All Pro three straight times over Tony Gonzalez in Gonzalez's prime. He uh, he's for sure. Like when we yeah. were doing like the the tight end for the team like we talked about him he should have been in over i mean rosenthal said it. it's a fantastic class but gates peak was more dominant than literally anyone in this awesome class. andre johnson or freeney he could go in over either of yeah. them julius peppers is going to go in for sure devin hester is going to go in for sure patrick willis first patrick willis that took too long five first hester and willis seven years should just stop yeah i know we got some dc news but did you guys see uh what happened with the packers no so a Packers, fan, a Packers fan applied for the team's defensive coordinator position, putting down his fantasy football accolades. After a few weeks, he amazingly received a handwritten rejection letter from Mark Murphy, president and CEO of the Packers. Bill, thanks so much for your cover letter and resume regarding our defensive coordinator position. While your fantasy football experience is impressive, I regret to inform you that we have decided to go in a different direction. I hear the Bears have an opening. You look to be a perfect fit for them. Thanks again. Sincerely, Mark. That's, that's awesome. That's very good. Yeah, it's awesome. That is that is very good. Uh, some news around the league. You mentioned it. The Cowboys hiring Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator. They like reviewed that. everybody. I like that he's back. They had they Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan, which is what I wanted for Jarrah's show. Oh man, I wanted Rex in there for Jarrah's show. Rex would have ended up like I think fighting McCarthy. I feel like that. Would I think have been, that's a lock. It would have been yeah. like a Buddy Gilbride situation. Yeah, uh, Wink Martindale is headed to uh, Michigan, so <laughs> that that goes back and forth where they get. Defensive coordinator goes here, then you go to the Ravens, then you come back here. The that's Michigan, pretty, and that's a pretty good get for them. I feel. Like. I think that is Jim Harbaugh doing Sharon Moore a favor and saying, "I took your guy, take this guy." So yeah, that's a nice, that's a, that's a yeah. good one for them. Uh, the NFL announced today that Spain will host an NFL game at the Santiago Bernabeu, the home of Real Madrid. This is the game we need to go to. This is the game on the road. This is the game we need to go to. It's twenty twenty five. Send me to Spain. This we is the one. Go. This, this is, is the one, the one for start, us. We got to start going to this. No London. Yeah. Nope. No, I mean Brazil. I'd be fine with. No, we need to go to no. Madrid. This is this the game is, we need. This is this. This says. This says Cleveland Browns all over. And the question is, I, I think for ever, anybody is, can you handle the pressure of playing where Real Madrid plays? Only not, the greats. Not if you're uh, NBC. No, sad, sad. You cannot, cannot handle it. It's too much. That place is unbelievable. That's the place with the football field underneath. Correct. That comes up. They put a ceiling on it. Ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. That that we need to start Maybe, lobbying. I think we should go there. 
I think we should be sent there by the league for dual purposes. Maybe a little scouting. Or I like that. Like next summer, like a I league like ambassador it. program where we're kind of building go, up, the, getting everybody yeah. fired up. We got to go late. We got to go late spring so that we can go to a Real Madrid game. game. Yeah. So we could go. To okay, that. we'll bring the hops with us so he can. Uh, yeah, he can. He can make sure that gets yeah. done properly. Uh, the final over unders. It's coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. I want to thank my, my lovely parents who are in attendance today. I mean, without y'all love and, and support and y'all, y'all being perfect examples for me, uh, this wouldn't be possible. Uh, I want to thank my, my brother and my sister who have also been great examples for me. I want to thank the, the Browns organization for y'all believing in me. Um, Jimmy, D. Haslam, um, Andrew Berry, uh, Kev Stefanski, Schwartz, and uh, man, we had a, a hell of a brotherhood that helped support me and get me here as well. And I have a, a, a great uh, team that has been around me for the last two years helped support me with my my uh, my wellness. No getting together. Shay, Coral, Nicole, uh, my my high school coach who I was able to bring here and, and bring it to a, attendance. Coach Gonzo, thank you. It's been a blessing. And to the city of Cleveland, this one's for you. We're gonna bring bring home something bigger next time. Let's go. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And don't miss Billy Joel, Rod Stewart together for the first time ever Friday, September 13th, Cleveland Browns Stadium. Tickets are on sale now. Visit clevelandbrownstadium.com slash Billy and Rod 2024 for your more information. It's Billy Joel and Rod Stewart together for one night only. When you were out, yeah, I did the Billy and Rod. I did that whole cleanbrowns.com slash Billy and Rod 2024. Like I was like, had a computer glitch. And I just kept saying it over and over again. <laughs> we I, think I did off, it three, when, three or four times. Wednesday, we went off the rails by about 107. We had a fantastic show. Was it was entertaining. I thought we were on the rails. We, no. We were we, on the rails to entertainment Uno, Were town. we on the rails? We were not on the rails, but I think that's what made the show great. The show was, the rails was, were the show was by, great. Yeah. yeah, 20 minutes. But we in, were. What you need. There, was a lot of well, Uno, there was a lot of Uno acting like Matty Lowe, my high school point guard, freezing me out in the uh, highlights. Free, yeah, well, the, I know heard of great that, umbrage yeah. taken yeah. with that. Yeah. About there needs to be some analysis. Otherwise, it's just a you know it's a six-second thing. Like, you got to have. Right. The other part yeah. of it, too. Is By the way, my, uh, I want you both to know that Nana was very pleased by she said you were very supportive of me and that no neither of you attacked me for being out, which she was very pleased. No, about. Gibby and I had a great conversation, actually, in one of the breaks about the finite problem with with the this trying, situation. T- trying to because, fill things in when yeah. we are when not. When there's only X amount of time that you can take time. Where you can take time. We're all men. We're 40. We've accumulated a great deal of time that has to be taken. It has to be taken. And so it's tough. It's very, very tough. It goes so no. back to why. No beef. When you have a couple of people with brilliant ideas. Yeah. That you just sometimes. Well, you he's, just, got, you and he's got a goal. He's got an evergreen brilliant idea. Yeah, he does. It's, it's evergreen brilliant, which is the that's the that's could be a real key for everybody. Um, all right. You guys ready for this? The final over under. If you mean it, am I ready to win? All right, Gibby. Yeah. You got to go. Yeah. Are you just going to go opposite me, or are you going to do any strategy? Here? I don't know. We'll, have to, we'll find out. We'll You're going to go out. first. You're going to go first. On all five. On on all five? Don't you think I have to? No, no. I don't think. That feels like no, too no, no. harsh. We, we do it the way you we go. You go three out of two. Mr. Zagura. 
if if I don't go first on all five, I'm just saying I realize we shouldn't change the rules because it's the finals. But in the event, yeah, that I don't go first on all five, the best we can end up in is a tie for him. That's the best he can do. Sometimes his tie a tie is as good. I think as a for win. him a tie would be a win. I'm rooting for the tie. Okay. Maybe he right. wants it to keep going. Right. Here we go. Okay. All right. So then right. I just have to go basically one for three on the three that I go first on. That's it. That's what I got to do. That's what you got. Gets me in the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's it. One, one out of box. three does it. Yep. Unless, of course, you're somehow implicated with HGH, and then, of course, not. No matter what, you're out. No, no matter what you've done. Even if there's no necessarily, necessarily concrete proof. Even if there's like... If you we have, just infer. Even if you have pretty good... Ex- you were, when you were a rookie and you weighed about 225, you still hit 49 home runs. That's right. Or if you won three MVPs before you before there was anything. Right. Also, not. Before your head grew three sizes. It was a large cranium. It became a very massive cranium. Yeah. Nine and a third. Um, all right. You ready? Never been more. Here it is. Number one. Patrick Over Mahomes. Under. Patrick Mahomes. Rushing attempts. 4.5. Mr. Zagura. Is this a real one from from Vegas? Is it? It's got to be. You we, we don't do the, we don't, don't do these on this on that. I don't know anything that you're saying. Patrick Mahomes rushing attempts four point five. Over. All right. Gibby has to go under. Gibby. Yeah. You have to go under. Yeah, I have to go under. Which. All right. All right. Next. <laughs> he doesn't like Over. because Over. I figured if if they are losing. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to throw it a lot, and he's going to scramble away from their pass rush if l- they are losing a bunch of times. And if they're winning, you might get three carries of needles. Maybe, maybe, could be. We'll Gibby's see. He's not happy. He was going over on that. One All right, Gibby, this one's for you. you pin me in a corner. Brock Purdy over under passing attempts thirty one and a half. Over under passing attempts. Brock Purdy thirty one and a half. Over. I think you're gonna have to throw. He he might Over. have to throw to give it. Yeah, I think they're over. Gonna be <laughs> <laughs> give us finally. He's, he understands what's happening here. There's next over under. Christian McCaffrey's largest rush. Seventeen and a half. Over. Good. I'm going under. Under. All right. Of course you're going under, Gibby. You, I no said choice. over. No I'm, debating a, I'm debating about throwing this all out the window. <laughs> no, this is your only chance. <laughs> your only Next. Over. You have to under. go 2-0, and I have to go 1-3. and three. Or Gibby. I have to go whatever. The longest pass completed, 37 and a half yards. Under. Under. Come on, make it interesting. Under. Come on. You got it. Like, you believe it's you, over. You don't believe that. You got to believe it. I don't need to believe it. You got to believe it. You don't believe it. You got you to play the right way. No. This is what, like last this year, what champions last do. Last year. Yes, what did last, I do? I went with what yes, I believed in. But you you butchered your strategy. It's a horrible strategy. What do you mean? He's out here to win. He's, he's not worried about anything. I'm, I'm, I'm here to win championships. No, no, no. I'm here to hang, to hang banners. another banner. I hang a banner hang every nah. single year. This what? is it. Is my right? It is my right to hang a banner. It's my Sissy. right to hang a banner. All right, so it cut. next, that'd be like Over you agreeing with me under. because you think it's the right thing to do, but you're not going to do. All right, that. I would. Go. I didn't. I would never do that. This one's you. The actual forty-seven and a half. 
It's a weird number. I had just had a conversation with my father-in-law about this. It's a lot. It's high. Mm-hmm. Over. All right. Yes. Gibby will go under. All right. There you go. There you go. There's your final over-unders. We'll see how it all shakes out. Oh, wow. You just put a hole in the, in the monitor. I hate all of it. Oh, my God. At, now it's like on I hate the side. Look at it. It's glitching. It's glitching. I hate all Oh, my God. Stones is going to be in here in two seconds. Good. I hate all we'll of it. We'll have some fun with the props. Look at Udo's face bleeding out looking. He's trying to find a peer out and see. Adam Teicher will join us as well. Final hour. Cleveland Browns Daily 850 ESPN Cleveland. How cool was it for the city that was once your rival to see them rally around you? Yeah, it was unique. Uh, it was, it's really what made it so special, at least for me. Um, you know, I don't get to see it from an outsider's perspective. I get to go out there and play football and do what I do. Uh, just, you know, it, it, the city of Cleveland was, was very special and it's something that I'll remember for a while. Comeback player of the year. Would you come back to the Browns next year? Of course I would, yeah. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, there you go. Joe's coming back, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Said it himself. Beautiful. Uh, be part of one of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join Next Gen STM, presented by Ticketmaster. Official waitlist for your Cleveland Browns being a Next Gen STM. The best chance to become a season ticket member in future seasons. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash STM to reserve your spot today. A uh, little bit of breaking news on the college football side of thing. Chip Kelly, former Oregon Eagles, 49ers, and now UCLA head coach, will be the new yeah. offensive coordinator in Columbus with the Buckeyes. Bill O'Brien left uh, this morning officially to be the head coach at Boston College, and so there you go. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, he's been very, very successful. He's currently a coach in their conference, and he yeah. left to be an offensive That's coordinator wild. in their conference. In the conference. Yeah. All right, we're going to have some fun with some prop bets. Let's do it. You running this, Gibby? Your show? No, Uno put this together. Uno, running it? Uno and Ocho put this together. By All the right. way, Justin Lauer... PGA Tour, all right, golfer I guess from Akron, Ohio. Okay, he is on the 16th at the Waste Management Phoenix Open right now. Yep. What's he wearing? <clears throat> Not a golf polo. Nick Chubb jersey. Oh, that's very good. I love it. Let's that's that's go. turned into like the coolest. That's like the coolest non-major of the year now. Yes. That one. Oh my god! It's like by a. It's it's really very cool. Very very cool. Um. All right. Go ahead, Uno. All right, so we put together 20 of our favorites, 10 that are kind of based more on the actual game, and then 10 that were more kind of fun stuff that could happen after the game, during halftime, etc. We start with the Super Bowl MVP. And the options were that were given on the site were Patrick Mahomes, Brock Hurdy, Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, and then the next best was the field. So anybody that's not those four. Well, the, the the one that if I were to do it would be the field because I that's probably the most fun in terms that you could have with getting a little bit of juice. Um, but, yeah, I think Mahomes is going to the MVP. I'm going to take Purdy. The Niners are winning it. Yeah, I'm going Mahomes. Again, why do I want to bet against? I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. 
Next. The first team to reach 10 points in this game, will it be the Kansas City Chiefs or the San Francisco 49ers? Niners, I'm guessing. I took the Chiefs here. I think the Chiefs are going to get a field goal. Niners are going to score. Chiefs are going to score. It's going to be 10-7, and the Niners are going to take over. Chiefs. I'm going to go Niners early. I like it, Gibbe. Yeah, you're not going to like the end. Next. So. The result of the first possession of the game, will it be a punt, a field goal, an offensive touchdown, or anything else? Which is probably the best money. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the, the anything else would be the the, the, the one that would be the most advantageous. Um, I'm surprised, actually, punt is the favorite. To me, it feels like a touchdown or field goal will happen on the first drive. I think field goal feels logical. You're, what you laid out seems very plausible. I like either it. way, it could go the Niners get a field goal, Chiefs score, either way. Yeah. Going punt. Field goal. Punt? Punt's not a fun one, but it's a probably a good one. Next. First touchdown scorer is next. McCaffrey, Pacheco, Kelsey, Kittle, Rice, and then Samuel and Ayuk had the same. That's the order it was in. And so the quarterback's not on there, obviously, because they had have, they would have to run for the touchdown. Yeah, I would. I think there's a decent chance they could. I could see Mahomes scrambling yeah. one in. I'm taking McCaffrey. Yeah, sure, because it's a carry. Mm -hmm. Give me McCaffrey. <laughs> That's right, it's a carry. <laughs> yeah, I like McCaff McCaffrey. Would be my bet too. Go and Kittle. Next, which player will have the most receiving yards in the game? Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, or George Kittle? Um. I mean, the Rice bet's kind of a fun bet, um, if we were allowed to do so. I don't think Debo can stay healthy for an entire game. I took Ayuk. Yeah, same. I'll go Rice. I think, I think uh, out of that group... She Rice is fun. Kelsey will have the most TDs <clears throat> out of anybody if in that group. The Niners... Their whole game plan should be to take him out of the game and yeah. let everybody Anyone else, else do things. But yeah. how... <laughs> That hasn't worked. It did for much of the season. That's when they were really struggling. He's come alive in the playoffs. Yeah. Next. He's averaging 40 yards a game last 10. Yeah. Which quarterback will throw for more touchdowns, Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes? A tie is a push. Mahomes. Mahomes is what I said. Same. Next. Will one of the teams convert a two-point conversion? No or yes? Yes. Yes. Oh, no. Why not? Next. Which team's going to get into the red zone first, the Niners or the Chiefs? So the Niners are the visiting team, so they will call the toss. Yep. I feel they'll win the toss and defer, so I'm going to go Kansas City. They get in the red zone first drive. I think the Chiefs are going to stall out at about the 24, kick a 41-yard field goal from Butker, and Butker. then the Niners get in the red zone. I have Niners. The first score of the game, we have 49ers touchdown, Chiefs touchdown, Chiefs field goal, Niners field goal, and then both either teams to get a safety. Oh, my God. That safety. happened in the... Uh, it's no Sean Moreno fell on the ball. Uh, they fumbled it, the, the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Denver Broncos Seattle. in Seattle. Seattle, yeah. The yeah. first snap went over uh, Manning's, Manning's head. The second one uh, was a fumble, and Moreno landed on it. No, Sean. Yeah. That was a beating. Well... It was eight nothing at the end of the first, but it felt like fifty to nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, peak Legion of Boom. Yeah. I got Next. Chiefs field goal. Yep. 
Finally, we go to most kicking points. Harrison Butker or Jake Moody? Butker. 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 Next. We move on to the fun ones. This one about the crowd. <laughs> Which Chiefs fan are they going to show on TV first? They, they took her off the, off yeah, the board. It was my, She's besides off the board. Taylor Swift. It was Paul Rudd, Hen- Henry yeah. Winkler. It's not. I mean, Brad Pitt's not going to this. Um, Stone Street, Sudeikis. Stone, Stone Street's the guy from uh, Modern, Modern Family. Family. He's the guy. That's who they show first. Stone I like Sudeikis the best here because of the Ted Lasso rocket that he was on. All right. Going Rudd. All right. Next. Which 49ers fan will be shown first? Now, Keegan-Michael Key is a Lions <laughs> fan, so I don't know why he's Z. on there. <laughs> Nathan Zagura. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Disrespect, Andy Samberg. Who's Dr. Dr. Disrespect? I don't know. Uh, Dr. Disrespect is a famous uh, Twitch streamer. Okay. I think the first Famous w- for playing Call of Duty. I think the first one you're going to see is going to be uh, Aaron Paul. I'm going to go. I like Dave Franco, Alice, and Bree. I get two, of, two for one. They must be together, huh? I'm they guessing date? that that's yeah. what that is, yeah. Okay. Next. Yeah. I'm going to go Renner. <laughs> Which phrase? Oh, that's a good call on Renner because he does a show on Paramount Plus. And that's by CBS Umbrella. Good job out of you, Gibby. Next level thinking. Which phrase will Tony Romo say first? Will he say Mahomey or Showtime? God. I'm going to go Mahomey. Mahomey. Both make me cringe. <laughs> it's a big weekend. I think it is for him, too. My, right? uh, my great compadre in that, the Mad Dog. Yeah, it's I a agree big weekend for Tony Romo. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go Showtime. but Go ahead. Next. The color of liquid that's poured on the winning coach. Tough one. Clear or water. They get yellow or lime green. Purple. The big favorites red here paint, orange, are blue. orange and yellow. Are the two big favorites from the, that perspective? Uh, the last time the Chiefs did it, it was purple. Um, the time before, it was orange. So they are color Gatorade humans. I was going to go clear. This website yeah. actually clear go, is the favorite. I was going to go orange. I feel like orange. Going clear water. Why wouldn't you want orange Gatorade? What's your favorite Gatorade flavor? Purple. Okay. I grape. like purple. I like the grape. You know, I haven't had one. I haven't. You guys, had are you guys aware that time. grape has been ruined for children because they put it in medicine? So my kids can't. They can't stand the taste of grape because they put it in children's oh, yeah. Advil and children's yeah, 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 everything yeah. else. So for them, when they when they smell that, they think of the medicine, medicine. and they don't like. For us, grape was oh my God. perfect. Gum, yeah, gum, juice, all of it. Give me soda. all the grape. Bubblicious. Grape soda. God, so great. Yeah. Now, grape big league chew. I've been so known to Bubblicious. be on our yeah. charter flight and request a grape crush. That's yeah. right. That's great. right. It's, of course you did. You're darn right. It's the best. I'm going purple for fun, too. All yeah. right, next. The length of Reba McIntyre's oh national anthem. Over under 86 and a half seconds. Over? That's way too short. Like minute usually 25? they go. Yeah, like the, it's usually like a minute 30 is the early 30. Like she's not going to hang on a note for sure. But I saw it earlier in the week at 90 and a half. I'm taking I'm in. Over. So I, that seems very brisk pace. Next. How many times will they show Taylor Swift live on TV? Over, under, five. Over. Over. It's the Super Bowl. Like, this is not even a – it's 60, 50, 60% of the audience isn't football fans. So, of course, they're going to – they'll max her out. Yes. Here's the only the way thing. it would be under is if she wasn't there. They, they could show her 15 times, and it will be a total of two minutes. Oh, yeah. And everybody will be like, she was all over the thing. Like it was Way over. 
Yeah. Way over. Especially if Kelsey does anything. They're going to show her every time he does something. Yeah. Get ready. It's going to be a busy night for that camera. I'm, I don't like how chesty you are about the, the Chiefs right now, Gibby. It's making me question everything. Just trying to Go get... ahead. The outcome of the coin toss. You get heads or tails? Tails. Heads. Tails never fails. Tails. Except in the Super Bowl. Next. Which Las Vegas landmark will they show first? The Sphere is the favorite. Welcome to fabulous Las Vegas sign, Bellagio Fountains, Eiffel Tower, the Sphinx included, as well as a couple other ones. When does this clock start? When does this count? Yeah, this has got to start like once the game. It's got to start like I'm in the game. I'm assuming this means kickoff. Like, what are they going to show after the game starts? Because I believe no the opening thing they would it. show like in a pregame is going to be Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas. Agreed. That's one I did too. But I think if it's the, the other. game, then I say the Sphere. I'm going to go Bellagio Fountains. I was as the, thinking the as Fountains. The, as the game. The Sphere's pretty. They're going to have something on the Sphere. They might have Mahomes, you know, he's got an ad where he's throwing passes. Like, they might have, like, a thing where they yeah. throw it around the Sphere and, it like, you follow it and it comes into their studio or something. That's true. I'm going Fountains. Next. We've got three lovely beverage brands. Which of them will be the first one to show an ad during the Super Bowl? It's going to be Budweiser. It'll be Budweiser. It'll be. I'm guessing that that company will lean back to Clydesdales, and they'll lean heavy that way. I'm going to go Budweiser. Go Mick Ultra. I went Bud Light. I think they. I think they're looking for a. Well, they had a good week this week, on that front. Yeah. Next, say, the final one goes to the halftime show. Which song will halftime performer? Halftime performer Usher sing first. OMG, the best odds, then my way, then caught up, then yeah. 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 He's singing yeah first. Yeah. He's going to lead yeah, with the big yeah. hit. Yeah, you have to. Have that's to. that's how exactly what you just did is how the it's how it starts. It's got to start. Exactly. That's how the Super Bowl halftime show yeah. starts. I, I didn't realize I I don't I think I'm going to know more of these than I realize. I don't think you I got would it. Is like but I'll know the words. More of a ballad, isn't it? You got it. You got it bad. Yeah, I think it's going yeah, it definitely starts. Yeah. All right. There we go. I, someone else has to come in and, and almost add to that. It can't just be him. I well, don't he's know. got two features in that song. I believe it's Little John and Little Luther John's Chris. in there. Yeah, that'd yeah. be the first. Yeah. <clears throat> Both of them have good odds to join Usher on stage. So. All right. Good job out of you. Brownie Awards continue coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Brown Saley on 850 ESPN. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And the AP Coach of the Year presented Verizon is... 
Steven Stefanski. Kevin. Kevin Stefanski, sorry. Yeah, you got that one. It's like the Oscars or something. Yeah. Thank you very much. Unfortunately, Steven or Kevin couldn't be here tonight. So we're happy to accept this award on his behalf. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, don't you dare miss out on Billy Joel and Ron Stewart together for the first time ever. Friday, September 13th, Cleveland Browns Stadium. Tickets on sale right now. Visit ClevelandBrownsStadium.com slash Billy and Rod. Billy and Rod. Information. It's Billy Joel and Rod Stewart together for one night only. One night only. Uh, there you go. That's it. Tickets are on sale. Live your best. Brownies Awards. Best play. So we went through, you went through these on Wednesday, then yeah. I went through some, we went through some of them yesterday. Uh, we have results. This is the quarterfinals. These are your, these so are two of the results from yesterday. So we're not going to hear any uh, from the king. We're not going to hear. <laughs> Nothing from the king. <laughs> Nothing. King. I don't know who you think you are. Walk around here on your high horse and your throne <laughs> with your crowns. Um, all right, so <laughs> yesterday, throne of lies. Thought we communicated it well. <laughs> uh, Miles uh, Miles Garrett sack versus the Bengals beat Ronnie Hickman's pick fifty seven percent to forty three percent. So it advances. Greg Newsom's pick six uh, beats Deshaun Watson's dime to Amari Cooper eighty eight to twelve. Man, on that one. Um, Hopkins game winning field goal against Pittsburgh beat uh beat uh, Amari's touchdown against the Texans 53-47. Rough for Amari out here in the streets. That was very tight. He takes another L in this one. Miles strip sacks touchdowns beats Amari's TD against the Titans 83% to 17%. Right, um, so that's where we stand on that. Um so we will have these plays to coincide is that correct? Also right. we will here. You will. You will here. Well, depending on which incarnation we got. <laughs> Because if this is the stuff from earlier in the week, then we won't. But I know. Did we update those? Uno? Did we update we're, the We're the about tush to push? find out. So here you go. This is the Browns' tush push against the Ravens. Three receivers bunched to the line of scrimmage to the right. Amari Cooper by himself to the left. Ford in the backfield. Watson taps his foot. Pressure's coming from both edges. They hand the ball off to Ford. Ford over the block of his right guard. Spins inside the 35-yard line. And along the hash mark, moves the pile to the 30. The pile keeps on moving to the 25-yard line. And finally, they blow the play dead. But it's a first down for the Browns, who are playing with energy. It's a gain of 13. You talk about saying we are the more dominant team. We are the more physical team. Baltimore. James Hudson leading that push. Leading that push down the field and then yelling at the crowd, you are in field goal range wow. now. There you go. Very good. Uh, the next one, so that this will go up against the signature play, for me at least, which is the Miles field goal block against Indy. Sanchez kneels at midfield for this. Gay's going to try it from 60. It's blocked. Ball loose. Fight for it. Denzel Ward picks it up. Ward running across the Indianapolis 30. That was Miles Garrett that blocked that field goal. And earlier this week, Bubba Ventrone, after he had his presser, was in our booth. And I said, man, Miles Garrett, how about that? He said, we're going to block a kick this week. He called it. Miles goes in, blocks it. Denzel scoops it. And the Browns in business. That's absolutely incredible. When he was in high school, I think one year he blocked nine kicks and set a record in Texas. Just a jumps right over. He jumped right over the oh, center. Man. He went Superman, no contact, and Miles Garrett blocked it. That's 
That's great. Right that's there. a good one there, yeah. yeah that's a good that one. A good All right, one. so that's one matchup. The next matchup is the Chiefs' angry run against Baltimore. So here is your first combatant. Three receivers to the right. Watson throws to the right. Najoku's got it. He's across the 45, inside the 40, barrels his way to the 35, along the numbers, down to the 30 to the 28-yard line. That was all Najoku. Geno Stone tried to wrap him up, but he could not. 24 yards and about 20 of that after the catch and about 12 of that with Geno Stone as his backpack. <laughs> Here's uh, the combatant on the other side. It's Amari's improbable touchdown versus the Bears. Play action fake as Flacco drifts right, throws, and he's got Cooper open. He caught it. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. I don't believe it. Cooper open, and Cooper tightrope walks down the sideline. Tippy toes in. There, there you go. What? That, there was supposed to be more yeah, look, on that we're, one. Look, we're running out of time. I like it. Tyshire's coming. Tyshire's coming. So. We don't have time. We no time. Oh, good job, Paul. Man. All right, so now we've got uh, – Good job, Paul. That's great. Yeah, yeah attaboy, so that, right? There's your attaboy, baby. on that. All right, so then here is your next matchup. This is Miles' game-clinching sack versus the Bengals. At the 31, they need the 35. Fourth down and four. Burrow claps his hands. He wants the ball. He's got the ball. Up in the pocket. They chase him right. They got him! And they knock him down! Miles Garrett got him! All the way back inside the 20-yard line. The Browns have the ball! This defense. Oh, Garanquo, a sack. Miles Garrett with a sack. And this place is going nuts because they sense that their Cleveland Browns now have a chance to put away the defending AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals and take them down. Love, love, that. love the exclamation point on that. That's very, very good. Here is uh, the combatant on that one. It is the Greg Newsom pick six versus the Ravens. Takes the snap, looks to his right. Ball is swatted high in the air, and it is intercepted by the Browns. Greg Newsom along the sidelines into the end zone. Touchdown Cleveland, 33 yards off the deflection at the line of scrimmage. No penalty flags. All right, there you go. Nope. There you go. Nope. There we go. There you are. There you so are. what's going on? Like, I'm hitting it when, when those are popping, and then it's not. I don't know. Are you doing it over there? I have you guys down oh, while you, they're playing. So you're yeah, doing yeah, yeah, yeah. it. All right, so I won't do so it. So don't do it. You're doing it. Yeah. All right, very good. Um, all right, so now we're on to the final. Uh, it is the Hopkins game-winning field goal against Pittsburgh is the first one. Five seconds to go. Here we go. Hewlett ready to put the ball back. Waiting. Snaps it back. Ball down. Hopkins into it. Flag down. Kick is up. And the kick is good. With two seconds left, there's a flag down. It looks like the Steelers were offside. Two seconds left, and Dustin Hopkins puts the Browns ahead 13 to 10. Offside. You bet. Defense. This penalty is declined. The field goal is good. Listen to Brown Stadium. Very good on that. And yes. finally, the Miles strip sack touchdown. For the shotgun snap. He stands three yards deep in the end zone. Under pressure from Miles. Ball out. Fight for it to the end zone. Miles got home again. Who's got it? Browns do. Touchdown. Miles Garrett is single-handedly taking over this game. That is his second. The fumble in the end zone recovered by Cleveland for a touchdown. His second sack strip fumble. This one in the end zone as Minshew was trying to get it out. 
beating the tackle, Raymond. And then it's Tony Fields in for the injured Sione Taki. Taki, next man up, falling on the ball. And the Browns have the lead again. Miles Garrett got to Gardner Minshew and forces his second turnover of the game. And the Browns fall on it, and they take the lead 23-21. to 21. All right, there you go. There it is. There you go. And so voting will start now on those. We'll get those up. And, yep, and you they'll can, be up here momentarily. You can start voting on that. Adam Teicher going to join us, Chiefs NFL Nation, uh, ESPN NFL Nation reporter. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Let's go to Vegas and get a little bit of perspective on the Super Bowl from the Chiefs side of things. He's our great friend Adam Teicher, ESPN NFL Nation Chiefs reporter on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Adam, thanks so much for taking the time. What is most different, if anything, about this run for the Chiefs and this Super Bowl week for them versus the ones that you've encountered with them previously? Well, I, I think they've liked being underdogs in the playoffs this year as they were in Buffalo and as they were in Baltimore. Certainly, uh, I, I feel like they enjoy going on the road, too, that they uh, really saw that, that as maybe a, um, something they hadn't been able to notch under their belt. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I think they sort of took all the suggestions that maybe, hey, maybe the Chiefs can't win on the road in the playoffs. I think they took those suggestions as the only reason that they had so much success in past years is because they were able to play at Arrowhead throughout the playoffs. So uh, it, it has been a different road to get here. Now that they're here, I mean, they they certainly have the experience in this kind of setting. They're the team that uh, knows how to handle it. Um, you know, I don't know if they'll take advantage of that, but they feel like uh, their experience will give them an edge on Sunday. Adam, you documented, obviously, the Chiefs' 2019 championship season in Kingdom. That culminated with the Chiefs beating the 49ers. And here we are, Chiefs 49ers again. What are the parallels from that 2019 run, and what are the big differences? Yeah, well, the Chiefs are a completely different team now. I mean, they they were good defensively that season, but they're not not like they are now. I mean, they've got a lot they can turn to defensively um, and, and make it work. So they've got, uh, they, they, we've seen it in a number of games where they started off maybe slowly defensively. They've made some adjustments and then shut uh, the opponent down. So they've, um, they've got a lot of things they can go to defensively. Offense is more uh, along for the ride this year. They're, you know, they're not going to score 40 points. Um, you know, it's just a different type of team. And, you know, you look at that run in 19 for the Chiefs, they were down by. 10 points in all three of their playoff games. They were down actually 24 points against Houston in the divisional round and came back to win by 20. And they were down by uh, 10 points twice against Tennessee in the AFC Championship, ended up winning by, I think, 11. And then um, the Super Bowl, they were down midway through the fourth quarter. They were down by 10 points and scored three touchdowns to win. You know, that, that this year's team is not like that. They're, they don't have that kind of capability usually to rally from deficits. So, um, you know, they, they need to keep this game close. They, they don't need to be falling behind the 49ers. They, they, uh, they need to be playing this game on their terms. 
Yeah, I mean, we even saw that the Baltimore game where they were very comfortable just getting ahead and salting it away. Yeah. Burning clock yeah, and, and exactly. keeping the ball very different from from what they were. And the other thing that's very different, I saw an, an interview. I mean, there was a bit of bunch with Patrick this week, but one of the things that struck me was this week, one of the reporters asked him something to the point of, like, what's it like to be a villain? And it was almost like it took him off uh-huh. guard. Like, I'm a villain? Like, I'm Patrick Mahomes. And, I like, Steph Curry went through that. A little bit, where he was yeah. just pure joy and everybody liked him, and then you just kind of get sick of it. Because you just keep winning. And you just keep winning. How are they handling that? And have you noticed that with this I, run? You know, I, I think they, they've noticed, no doubt. Chris Jones was making a big deal out of that as well, that nobody, according to him, nobody wants to see the Chiefs win anymore, that they were, you know, the fun, fresh team a few years ago, and but they're not now. You know, they're, they're, so maybe there is some Chiefs fatigue out there, um, um, but um, they, they sort of, uh, particularly the guys who've been around for this whole thing, in, meaning Mahomes, Chris Jones, and Kelsey in particular, those guys are sort of enjoying this kind of new role. Again, going back to you know playing on the road and being the underdogs and, and even being the villains now, that's all kind of new to them. If this is going to go well for the Chiefs, what has to happen, and conversely, what would the 49ers do or what do they do well that makes you a little bit nervous about this game? Yeah, well, it, you know, I, I think the Chiefs just need to play their game. You know, they, they've got to stay away from the stuff that got them into trouble to, uh, for much of the regular season. You know, that's the drop passes. That's the yep. uh, turnovers. That's the offensive penalties. I mean, they, they've really cut down on the numbers of those things in the playoffs. That's why they're here. I mean, I don't think they would be here if they were still dropping passes and turning it over and committing offensive penalties. Um, so they just got to play their game. If they can play a clean game, I really like their chances to win. Um, in terms of the 49ers, you always worry about Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he can go off on you. There's a, a, a lot of we- excuse me, a lot of weapons besides him with guys like Kittle and, and Debo Samuel and Ayuk. I mean, there's a lot for the Chiefs to manage there. Um, but they, uh, they've done such a good job defensively this year that you feel pretty good about their chances to, to hold the 49ers down. Adam, what's what's changed with Kel? There was times that going through the season where it felt like Kelsey was finally aging, and I mean he is. Father Time is undefeated, um, but he's been unbelievable yeah. in the postseason. Um, what what has been? Does he just yeah. feel better? Is that it, or what what clicked? Well, I think a lot of it is, you know, he's played, been around so long and played so much football, and and won so many games that I, I think he was a little bored with at times with what was going on in the regular season. And uh, but uh, not now. I mean, this is his time of year. And you look at that Baltimore game, and you know, he was eleven for eleven on targets. He caught all eleven balls come his way yep. for one hundred and I think sixteen and a touchdown. You could argue that under the circumstances, that might have been one of his better games. I mean, he's had better games statistically, but in terms of some of the catches he made, I mean, he had to be pretty athletic. He looked like a younger guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The magnitude of it, um, you know, the ch- how 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 much the Chiefs needed him in that game. I mean, I, you can make a lot. Uh, I can make you a pretty good argument. That was the best game of his career. Um, so, um, yeah, and, and he seems to be in a good place going heading into this game on Sunday. So uh, I think, um, you know, unless the 49ers are just determined to take him away, um, he might have another big one this week too. How about the fact that when you had a chance, or the Chiefs had a chance to clinch that game, get a first down against the Ravens, ice out the clock, he throws a bomb to Markel's Valdez-Scantling yeah. who makes a great catch and that ices it. 
It, to me, that just said what we already knew. No fear from Mahomes. He's going to do what he maybe singularly can do in the National Football League right now. But that it's a team that when you see guys like MBS, who's had kind of an up-and-down season, come through in those moments, it, it does it, – it, it, that's what championship teams do. The role players play their roles in the moments that they're needed to. And I thought that was kind of very much a microcosm, the way that play went, of what this Chiefs team has done, being able to overcome what was maybe perceived weakness – for a team that we talked about it last time we talked to you, that got embarrassed on Christmas against the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right with that observation, and I, I think it took some guts on Andy Reid's part. You know that that to me was out of character for him. He's more of a by the book guy. Hey, let's run the clock and and uh, um, you know make you know we'll, we'll have to give them the ball back probably, but um, we 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 got a good defense and we're up by seven and time's running out. But he uh, he played it a different way, and he was rewarded for it. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, I think it took some guts to make the play call, and uh, certainly Mahomes and Valdez Scanley did a great job of it as well. So, Adam, from the Chiefs' perspective, what's the script Sunday? What? How do they want this thing to go? Um, play with the lead. Play the game on their terms. I, I think they, the matchups are, are a lot in their favor on both sides of the ball and certainly in the kicking game as well. So just don't fall behind. Don't, don't go back to the way things were in the regular season when they spent a lot of time trying to play catch up. Uh, that's not what this team is built for anymore. It, it did it. A, it was successful that way a couple times this year, but not as often as they used to be. So uh, um, I, I feel like if they're going to be the team that can make the plays in a close game um, with, with the guys they've got, but um, they got to be close. They can't uh, you know, be chasing the 49ers all day long. How do you see it going Sunday, bud? I've got the Chiefs winning this. I, I do like the matchups, um, a lot of them on offense, uh, when they got the ball uh, on defense, certainly, and in the kicking game as well. So I've got the Chiefs 27-21, but um, I've been wrong about these things before. I thought they were going to lose in Baltimore uh a couple weeks ago, Adam, have you sur- you've survived Vegas? You've got to be at like the maximum um, amount of time to be there. Yeah, but it, it, it's not over yet. So don't uh, don't count <laughs> me as uh, ho- don't count me as home free yet. We've still got a, a few days here yet. So uh, uh, I, ca- I couldn't get home till Tuesday. So uh, oh, this oh, might be the end man. of it yet. Oh yeah, my no gosh! Doubt. Stay hydrated. All right, buddy. All right, Thanks man. for your time. Appreciate you always. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. All right. That's Adam Teicher, uh, ESPN NFL Nation Chiefs reporter. Uh, that's a long time. That's like probably a Monday to Tuesday. Oh. I'd probably go out to that Lake Las Vegas, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's very pretty. It looks pretty. It's gorgeous. It looks yeah, gorgeous. Awesome. Yeah, it looks be a, might be a great place for OF, honestly. Feel Somewhere. Like, feel like anywhere. We thrive, thrive there. Really thrive Golf, there. Great resorts. Yeah, everything that you need. Do you ready with the Griff stat of the day? Do you have it at the ready? I do. Fact of the day, fact of the day, fact of the day. It's the Griff fact of the day. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, I love it so much. It's so good. All right, go ahead. During the 1997-98 seasons, head coach Mike Shanahan and wide receiver Ed McCaffrey won back-to-back Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos. 25 years later, their sons Kyle and Christian have a chance of winning the Super Bowl 58 with each other. They would become the eighth father-son duo in NFL history to hoist the Lombardi Trophy as players. That's Ed and Christian. And they'd be the second ones to do that for the same franchise. So they could both win as San Francisco 49ers as father and son. No, that's not right. That's no. Not right. He won in San Francisco. It's his Ed? first Super Bowl. Yeah, I looked it up. 
He was on the 94 Niners? He was? He might have been, yeah. Yeah, Makes I sense. made sure because I oh, remember yeah, I him as a so. Bronco. But he's like a, a role player. Well, I thought it's the Griff fact of the day. Now well, it's turning into the Uno fact of the day. Are you his research assistant? I, I double-check it just to make oh, you sure. you double-check his. Yeah, I don't want to. It's a vetting. The last thing I want for Griff is for one of these to be wrong. He okay. played with the 49ers in 94. 94. 94. He was on that team. Maybe what the greatest were his stats team ever. Maybe the greatest team ever assembled in 94-49. Dion. 94, 16 games. 11 receptions, 131 yeah, yards, and two touchdowns. Okay, he was, so he was a guy. He was guy on the sidelines. Yeah, he, walking not, around. he not, didn't really play in that game. Yeah. Um, which, which is – They would have to be – that has to He be was the, at the Giants first and, and showed some promise and then had a bad final year with the Giants, nothing with the 49ers, and then went to Denver and, and his was career good. took off. Yeah, he was pretty good. And Omar said earlier that if Kyle wins, yeah. first father-son Super Bowl champion winning head coaches ever – Omar said that. Well, he would, yeah. I feel like he's. Yeah, I mean, I'm just doing it in my head. Like, there hasn't. Who else has. Like, Shula's kids all. they One of them tried with the Bengals, but never got anywhere. No. Is that Dave? David. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then Mike was a head coach at Alabama. Morris. No. No. Jim Jr. never got close, did he? No. I don't know. Did Jim Mora get close? Probably closer. Closer, yeah. But not much. Yeah. Would you have gotten yep. closer with those Saints teams or the no probably? By the way, Colts. did you see these family the the family duos or was this this is all father sons here? Yeah, so Give those are me. all of the previous seven father and sons that have hoisted. All them. I care about is number six, Craig, Britton, and Dustin Cole. Oh, the Coles. The Coles. Three Coles. They're the only ones with three on this list. Give me all the Give me all of them. Bob and Brian Greasy, mm-hmm. Ronnie Lott and Ryan Neese. I did not know I didn't that, know. that was the, me that neither. There was a child. Emery and Aaron Moorhead, Steve and Zach Diasi. Steve was uh, might be the long snapper on our team. <laughs> they, Rick Goslin, who's the guy for the Dallas Cowboys, he knows it. He, he does it. it. He says he's the best. Bruce Davis and Bruce Davis the second. Craig Britton and Dustin Cole. And Howie and Chris Long. Oh sure, yeah. And Mark Ingram never won one. Hmm. No, because dad what, won with the Giants. Dad won with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Mark Ingram's never scored with a Bavara. touchdown in a Super Bowl because he went to Alabama. That's and true. If we know from if previous that, Rick fact of the day that that would not have been the case. Can't do it. Um, all right, we'll get you our prediction for the Super Bowl, and of course, so much more to come. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, one game left to call, kids. Sad. So I I went two and zero last week. Yeah, and you went. I don't remember either one and one at best or zero and two. So I think we're like, I think my up you're, a game. You're up. You're up now. Yeah, for sure. So or that at bet. So yeah. this I think we're we're gonna go opposite here. Probably. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go Chiefs. And you're gonna well, go, I was gonna go Niners. Yeah. Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. We gotta do it, Nerd. I mean, my dad's like t- texting me about Kaminga on the is Warriors. He, I'm like, nervous? lock in. It's the Kaminga Super Bowl week. on the Warriors. Yeah, you're talking about Kaminga. What are you doing, And he's man? like, dog and Clay Thompson. He's like, focus on this game. He's really, don't dog Clay Thompson. He's all worried about the Warriors? Yeah. He's not happy with how they're it's performing. It's February. They, they do stink really bad It's right February. Now. Yeah. They're well, playing they're run. They've had their run. Their run that's over. But I, I think the Niners are going to be able to run the ball. And I want it for Kyle. I really, really like Kyle. I, I really want him to get that 
get that Super Bowl. But if he does get it, he just has to promise me, Kyle, don't do what that bozo did. None of that. You're better than that. Yeah, we don't need it. If that happens, will you be out on him? No longer gangster? That would not be a gangster move, no. No, no. I, I, like I would that. have to tell him, like, it would be a temporary get bent. Temporary get bent. Temporary. A TG yeah. In the moment, it's a get bent for sure. Full get bent in the full, moment. Full in the but moment. it won't last. Who do you like, Gibby? Chiefs. Yeah. I like them, too. I, I, just, I don't know if the Niners D. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. We'll I think see. it's going to be high scoring, but I had to go under because of this stupid over-under thing. Yeah. By, by the way, I think it's like the five of us and the janitor. There is nobody in this building. Um, you should have seen it yesterday. Yeah. We, could, we could do anything we want right now. There's nobody here. Pull with Frederico. We yeah. absolutely could do <laughs> we that. Could. We could. Nobody, who gets hurt? Nobody. 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 Jay's here, though, so he'd keep a, an Jay. eye on everything. You know he's well, here. Yeah. Uh, enjoy your do, Super do Bowl, you have kids. scores, or are you not giving a score? Well, uh, it's two, so, I mean, it's nine or – I think it's going to be something like 27-24. Yeah, 31-24. Chiefs. All right, there you go. All right, there you go. Enjoy it. Next level's coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Brothers Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.